0: you're listening to the uncensored direct marketing show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Welcome everybody to another episode of uncensored direct marketing. Today I have Al Evans from takedown czar. So Al. uh, as you can see, is not appearing on camera. So for our listeners, uh, we also have a YouTube channel, if ever you're on YouTube, uh, where you can actually watch the podcast and watch me and my guests interact. Now today, Al, uh, which we're going to explain why in in just a minute, is not on camera. Uh, So if you are watching on YouTube, you get to watch me only as I interact with Al. So Al, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. And I'm very excited to to discuss all things piracy um, and content with you.
1: Yeah, Maria, it's, it's great to be with you. Thank you for the advice.
0: Awesome. So Al, without you know, further ado, let's, let's explain to the audience why you're not able to be on camera with me today
1: yeah it's uh, it, the, the, some people feel as though this is this is overkill, but w- what we tend to find as a uh, as a piracy protection agency or copyright protection agency is that the the more success we get in terms of taking down infringements and you know enforcing our clients' IP, uh, the, the more success we get, the, the larger the target we paint on our backs. Um, and, and so we've had to develop, well, in numerous ways to sort of obfuscate and to protect our own IP identity and also the identities of our of our. Um, not 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 so much clients because generally speaking, it's us who people go after. But certainly our employees. So I mean, it, it it it's not meant to be mysterious or anything like that. But I just we just prefer to keep sort of uh, visual representations of of ourselves sort of offline, so to speak, so, so they can't be exploited or manipulated. And I, I can I can speak to many examples of that in the past. Whereas as a more naive organisation, we were taken advantage of.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, it, it's interesting to me. Like I said, when we first got on um, I didn't realize obviously the murky world um, and you know the, the the types of the potential you know dangers maybe that are associated with this type of industry but obviously when you're working with people's pocketbooks and um, you know there's people that are making a lot of money from you know piracy and so forth I can see how that could maybe obviously be an issue for you and and your, your privacy and your security and so forth so uh, I still appreciate that you're on with us on audio and uh, like I said, for people on YouTube, you can check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or an audio platform if you prefer. Um, so Al, can you tell me a little bit about how you got into this industry and you know what you work on day to day?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, we've been we've been doing this for probably nearly ten years now. I mean, uh, myself and you know a couple of business partners originally started off in uh, SEO back in the day in sort of the uh, two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, and we were doing a lot of SEO SEO work for clients. Uh, and you know, at that time, the, the internet was you know still. I mean, it's a different world now, but the internet was still rel- relatively uh, unscathed, shall we say, when it when it comes to Uh, piracy specifically of of e-learning courses, which is what we sort of primarily... Um, uh, represent. We do other things as well, but largely our client base is is uh, biz ops people, uh, internet marketers, trading forex vendors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, we were doing SEO for some of these guys. And back in sort of 2010, 2011, a couple of them asked about certain issues with um, uh, at the time file sharing sites, which is a, a particular type of piracy popping up in Google, and asked us to remove it. And then those became more ubiquitous and then at a certain point we sort of pivoted over from SEO to, to to doing this full time around sort of 2013,
0: 2014. Awesome. And I mean, do you yourself and and people on your team, are you lawyers? Like what is the what got you to be able to do something like this?
1: So we we aren't lawyers. We, we occasionally work with with lawyers, but primarily our are sort of our are our, our USP or unique selling proposition is if you will, is that we do everything which lawyers um, <laughs> won't do basically. Okay. Um, I mean this is this is very and that, that again that, that maybe sounds a bit murky mysterious and I'm, I'm very happy to um, unpack that. but um, the, 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 the the nature of protecting IP and protecting copyright is of course it, it is the legal terrain. I mean primarily that, that is where it is fought uh, in the courts but uh, I, I'm sure I don't need to tell you that that, that can get extremely expensive. Um, i mean case in point we actually had an incident ourselves where a competitor of ours last year uh, appropriated illegally um some of our own ip uh and, and we had to we ended up suing suing them in in the united states and this was a very very simple case but it ended up costing us fifteen thousand dollars so i mean and that that's for a, a simple case so so really our, our usp is to, to is to do that type of work but without involving uh lawyers without involving the courts and, and and, and so, um, as a result, our clients are sort of paying us a, a fraction of what they would do if they were to go go down those traditional means.
0: That's amazing. I mean, yeah, anytime you get a lawyer involved and you have to go into litigation, you know, the, the costs just skyrocket. And uh, it just, a lot of times it deters people from actually taking action because they're like, well, if this is going to cost me $50,000 to 100000 like how is this, you know, going to make any sense for me and so forth. So uh, I'm just wondering, you know, just to kind of niche down a little bit, like you said, you, you're working mainly with digital content. Um, so anybody who has a digital content 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 product. We call them info products. They could be called a a whole bunch of different things. Um, But, you know, for smaller merchants, you know, merchants that are doing, you know, hundred K, 250 K are, do they have also the same opportunities, let's say to work with you, is it cost effective to work with you? Um, Or is this really, you know, the, the piracy fight call it mainly reserved to merchants at a certain revenue scale?
1: No, I mean, I, I would say that if, if, If someone is starting out in the space, is is just sort of on the the first rung, there's probably more important things to worry about than than piracy. But I do think once you reach a certain level, um, then it it becomes, well, certainly, and I can only really speak uh, on behalf of our clients, from what they've told us, but it certainly becomes more of a priority, and it doesn't necessarily need to be sort of a a, a seven a seven figure business owner or, or or whatever. We we have plenty of clients um, who we would we would consider to be in that bracket, which which you talked about, sort of hundred to two hundred and fifty, you know, care year, or, year or, or whatever. I mean, it's we don't really have standardised rates, if we will, and I'm not really interested in publicising our services, so I'd much rather speak about the the, the broader picture, but yeah. you know. We we often charge a couple of hundred bucks a month. I mean, it really depends on the on, on the situation at hand, and it's case by case. But that okay. that, that is that is affordable for for, for for most people of a of a sort of a certain level.
0: For sure, yeah. I mean, obviously, to use any type of service, you gotta you gotta got some you gotta have some sales. Um, you know, typically a mid-tier merchant is doing a hundred to 250,000. That's the range. That's the merchant account range that we use, uh, usually for underwriting. So that's why I gave that example is, you know, we do have a lot of merchants and a lot of people who are in that range, which is a significant amount of money. But, um, you know, a lot of times they're worried, well, you know, a hundred or $200,000 in legal fees is just not going to happen. So they don't pursue these types of things. But since obviously you have an affordable solution, this is something that they can look into. Um, do you offer, um, a type of service where people can sign up to you and you can advise them of issues or is it more like when somebody's reacting to finding their product copied or their 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 marketing copied they contact you
1: it's more of the latter i mean we, we haven't really had an instance where someone has 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 looked for advice which they would implement themselves because it's not just a question of uh, a cost in terms of money, it's also time. I mean, this is certainly if, if you're on sort of the high level, we have clients who have sort of, you know, 200, 300, you know, products, an entire catalog. Enforcing that yourself is, is hugely time consuming. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's not just a full time job, it's a full time job times five or 10. I mean, th- there's so many plates to keep on spinning. So uh, we, I don't think. People are really prepared to. I mean, we'd be happy to to talk to people for free, to, quite frankly, about what they can do. But in in terms of uh, in terms of actually implement it, I mean, it's it's a different different kettle of fish entirely. I mean, we have an entire software platform, which we've built over many years, which which, uh, which takes care of things and, and, a, and a full-scale team. So, so replicating that yourself is it, tricky, but primarily it's people reacting or those people who have experienced this type of piracy before, they're the ones who know that a proactive response is probably more important
0: yeah, so you're basically scaring the internet to finding any like merchants can hire you or offer owners can hire you just to scare the internet to see if there's anybody that's that's copying just as a preventative measure as well as obviously once once it's found, then you can uh, help obviously take those offers down, basically.
1: yeah, I mean what 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 we tend to describe ourselves as doing is is what three stages. we 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 um we scan we take down and we report. Um, okay. So it's, it's, and those are sort of three, three very separate instances of, of what we do. We, we find infringements, we take action against those infringements and then we report results.
0: Okay. So, I mean, in terms of, um, you know, offer owners and so forth, you know, where I hear about this a lot um, is, you know, Merchants in the U.S. a lot of times on the on popular like affiliate platforms like ClickBank and uh, and Digistore and all these types of platforms where people can see the popular offers um, they get their offers ripped off um, and oftentimes it's ripped off and translated into another language. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you? I mean, you know, for example, let's say you have a U.S. merchant um, with you know an English offer and it gets ripped off in Spanish or Portuguese or anything like that. Do you find that if, if you know, where the piracy is occurring is not in the States or UK or, or kind of, you know, uh, Western Europe, what kind of things can you do? Obviously high level when somebody's in like Brazil or, or somewhere that, you know, doesn't necessarily follow US jurisdictions and laws?
1: I mean, it's a good question because I mean, I, I, when when a lot of people speak about Copyright protection, piracy protection—they always cite the DMCA, which is the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, and it's always this. Everyone always talks about this mythical DMCA, which which is uh, a US-based law. Now, yes, th- th- there are treaties with with other countries, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I, I feel that. The, the, the people place far, far too a far too a big emphasis, shall we say, on the DMCA because it is just U.S. law um, and enforcing it. in, as uh, your example, Brazil, I mean, yes, there are treaties. So so in terms of hypothetically, could it be enforced? Yes. But realistically, no. Um, so w- we have different approaches when it comes to. Uh, uh, infringements hosted in different countries I mean just as a as a super basic example you know we would pull it from in your example pull from Brazilian law and, and follow that but again you know a lot of these a lot of these individuals have obfuscated their identities very well so, so they, they they don't necessarily care uh, about about the laws in their own country because I mean they, they might be living in Brazil and hosted hosted in China so what yeah. we've done uh, over the years is uh, and this is this is a really needs must is that we've become more than just a copyright protection agency. Um, And this is sort of, uh, again, our our own USP. We've become essentially an enforcement agency. So often what we do uh, in cases where, for example, multiple clients are affected, we have literally boots on the ground team um, working with our online investigators to actually source the identities of these individuals. Uh, And once we find who they are, we have someone go around to their house, knock on their door, and pay them a visit and say stop it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, we tend to find, and this is not this is not every instance, um, but we, we tend to find that if we do that and when we do that, um, the fact that their online identity is being penetrated uh, usually, you know, scares the bejesus out of them. And we tend to see far far more effective results than say a strongly worded letter. So that's sort of one example of one of the more sort of creative tactics we employ.
0: Wow. I mean, yeah, getting somebody to knock on your door, we're in a digital world. So it's, you know, and even in social media, people insult each other and say a whole bunch of stuff and whatever, but having, you know, somebody actually show up at your door is is usually unheard of. So this is definitely, um, you know, something that I'm surprised about that you guys do, which is awesome because like you said, somebody showing up your at your door and it, it doesn't even have to be law enforcement, right? Just somebody knowing that, you know, you live there and you're doing this. Um, this is, is scary enough for, for most and we'll make them take things down and so forth. Um, and is there, is there a limitation to the geography of, you know, where, um, the piracy is occurring? Like, would you say, like, if it's in, uh, you know, do you deal with specifically like South American, or let's say if somebody's in China or, or, you know, some, some, you know, more difficult countries to enforce. Is that does that pose a, a bigger challenge?
1: Yeah, I mean, d- different territories pre- prevent uh, present, shall I say, uh, different challenges. I mean, certainly China, China, Warden is is tricky. Uh, I mean, pr- primarily the, the, the biggest barrier is whether we have sort of a. A team in place, shall we say, within that country. So, Vietnam, uh, believe it or not, is is where almost seventy or eighty percent of our focus is. I don't know why, um, but Vietnam uh, has uh, the most amount of reseller piracy. Why? I can talk about what reseller piracy is in a second. But but essentially, it's it's websites which are vast repositories of. E-learning courses, info courses, which mm. you know are, are being sold for pennies on the dollar. So a two thousand dollar course being sold for forty-seven dollars. Uh, hugely profitable industry which has just exploded over the past um, couple of years. And, and because Vietnam is such a uh, such a hotbed of this, we've had had to develop a a, a team there. Shall, shall we say? I mean, it really is case by case. We're not always going around knocking on people's doors. It really depends on the situation at hand. I mean, one sure. example I was like to cite is there was a Vietnamese pirate you know a number of years ago and we did some research we actually found out he was a policeman uh in a i can't remember where it was it was it was a province somewhere in central vietnam so we actually wrote a a letter in vietnamese and we didn't didn't we didn't write the letter to him we wrote it to his boss and essentially explained what he was doing and then we sent that letter to him and said look we'll get this is what we're going to send to your boss if if you don't stop it and of course he did now we've got this he actually disappeared a couple of years ago but for a time we had that letter sort of holding over his head and he was always very compliant so it really it really depends on the situation at hand and, and uh, 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 as our r- response is dictated.
0: Well, I, I also have to say that I now understand Al, why, um, you know, our first going back to our first question of like, why you need to conceal your identity. If you're, <laughs> there must be a lot of people that are very upset with you. So, uh, you and your team. So it's, it's, it's obvious that, um, you guys kind of go above and beyond and, and are creative in certain ways, uh, t- to get that done. Um, once, you know, once the person takes down the content, is that usually the goal? Is there ever any times where there can be financial compensation or, um, you know, like in, for example, like you said, in Taiwan, they're, they're ripping off these courses, they're selling them for pennies to the dollar of what they're worth. Is there, have you ever kind of encountered a situation where a merchant or an offer owner wanted to sue somebody and actually, you know, um, got some money back or or were you able to recoup any any kind of funds for them?
1: I mean, there have been multiple opportunities where clients have, you know, angrily wanted to sue. But uh, I mean, we've never had a situation where anyone actually followed through um, okay. because because that actually I mean, like I said, we do everything lawyers don't do. Um, but when you actually want to sue someone that involves that involves a legal team um, okay. and it, invo- it, it involves expense and um Quite considerable expense if if you're operating outside the US. And the US is obviously expensive, but when you're dealing with sort of Vietnam and the chances to be ripped off by some less salubrious lawyer, et cetera, et cetera, and just the time as well, you know, when we've broken it down to people, they <laughs> very quickly decide not, not to proceed that way. I suspect at For some sure. point someone might do, but it, uh, whether whether it would be cost effective or not, I don't know.
0: Is there anything like, you know, maybe two or three things that you can think of that that merchants and offer owners can do? To prevent their offer being, uh, you know, copied or pirated.
1: I mean, it's tricky. I mean, this is this is something which people always ask, and I, I wish I had a, a a great answer which you know which locks everything down and, and secures things. But again, we really only have our clients' um, experience to go by. I mean, people have tried numerous different things. People have tried only only delivering content physically. Uh, but what happens is then that gets scanned and then um, distributed around. We've had people uh, using sort of uh, uh, watermarking software, et cetera, et cetera. But it's all very well finding out uh, who has leaked it. Generally speaking, that they're using a burnable email and a burnable identity. So there's there's only limited limited value there. So it's it, 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 it's one of those rather unhelpful answers where there's there's not so much you can do. I mean there's there's obvious there's obvious things such as using a platform which distributes content securely we have had instances where clients have been using say for example unsecured file sharing links to distribute premium content which is madness quite quite frankly but i'm sure that most people uh, who who are operating at a certain level understand you know to to use a a codified platform which allows for sort of secure distribution Um, having a response team in place to to respond to instances quickly rather than letting things snowball because piracy is is an exponential beast one becomes two and two becomes four and four becomes you know a thousand very very quickly um so really those are the those are the two things and i I really wish there was Uh, more people could do. I mean, the the one thing which would change things is if the internet was regulated, that would change things massively, but I don't see that happening anytime soon.
0: Yeah. The internet, internet regulation, free speech and so forth. That's like a a huge topic. And, um, I mean, it'll come with good and bad. That's the issue, right? That will come with more censorship, but it'll come with Mm. more protection. So, uh, it's a catch 22, I think either way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of, you know, um, we're talking about like software and education and so forth. There's that piracy people actually ripping off the actual product. What's your experience with um, marketers who get their actual offer copy, Uh, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the product copied, but literally how they're selling, what they're selling, um, you know, the, the actual sales copy uh, pirated. Um, Is that simpler to take down? Is that, um, as as easy or hard, like what are your thoughts on like the actual, you know, marketing of the offer being copied?
1: Well, it, it can it can be simpler, but it also can be harder. And I'll break those two things down for you. One of the reasons it can be simpler is generally speaking, um, people who are plagiarizing um, sales content, if you will, uh, are generally speaking people who are obviously presenting their own offer and usually those people are, are in a similar territory. So for example, the USA, or maybe, maybe Europe or so on and so forth. It's unlikely that they're going to be in Vietnam, for example. Um, sure. It's it's so so and the DMCA is quite easy to enforce. In the United States, so that's one reason it could be easier. Just just the enforcement angle, um, emailing the host, com- the hosting company to, to to get the content taken down is an easier process than process than say chasing people through through the countryside of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other on the other hand, plagiarization uh, is distinct from info product piracy in that the gray area is larger. So you know when someone rips off an info product, it's pretty blatant. The entire course gets copied. Uh, it's been solved for pellets on the Donner, the infringement is pretty obvious. When it comes to sales page plagiarization, any form of rewriting, shall we say, dilutes the case. So it really is a question of how much of the content is being copied. Of course, if the entire sales page has been ripped off word for word, it's, it's an open and shut case. But if if it's been rewritten, say, say for example, it's sort of 50% similar, then it becomes tricky because where is the bar for plagiarization, and it really comes down to really case by case w- with the hosting company. So that that's where it could be potentially harder.
0: Okay. So, and ha- how about in this situation of it being translated? I mean, how ha- how do you when something's translated? How do you say, well, this is the exact same offer. This is different. Um, you know, there could be different types of translations, dialects, and so forth.
1: Uh, we haven't had that many instances of this, I and mean, we we have had a few o- over the years. And actually, all of those have been resolved reasonably easily. Because again, w- what we tend to find, w- what we have found in the past with translation, it, it is it, it is a translation. It's not a rewriting at all. It really is just a a, a a translation of the original text. So so that is that that is the same text. It's just in a different different language. So okay. that, that that for me that that for us hasn't hasn't been a problem. I mean, it, it, again, it's really a question of of Either dealing with the individual in question or dealing with the hosting company and presenting a, a convincing arg- argument, and that there are ways ways which you can do that which are, which are better than others, and it really just comes down to you know <laughs> making a lot of mistakes, which 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 is what we did in the early days when it came came to sort of dealing with foreign hosting companies, but we now have relationships in place for, for a lot of these as well. And that, that does make things easier.
0: Okay. And do you find, I mean, in terms of the, you know, the offers and the offer owners that you work with, are these people usually having their, their courses and their, their content on platforms, like affiliate network platforms and stuff like that, or are, you know, are they just kind of individualistic offers? Um, The reason that I ask is I, I hear a lot about this, on platforms like clickbank and and you know some of the other bigger ones, um, where you know the top performing offers, like I said earlier, they you know they get they get ripped off quite easily. Is that something common that you see as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of our clients uh, use use affiliate marketing as as a as a primary sales driver. Um, uh, th- that that doesn't make a lot of difference to us uh, okay. as, to, as, as to how how we respond. I mean, really, what we say is the, the, the more popular your course is in terms of sales, uh, the more piracy you're going to experience. I mean, it it, it should be a, 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 an obvious correlation. Some people don't, don't don't quite see it, but I mean, the, the more popular your course is, the more it's selling, the more people are going to sort of jump on your coattails and try and leverage your own success for for their own gain, essentially turning you into your own competitor. So, I mean, it it is almost a backhanded compliment, if you will. I mean, not a lot of people see it that (laughs) way, but... (laughs) But the more party well, yeah, experience I mean, the chances are the most obviously
0: happy. imitation is the sincerest form of flattery but uh, at the end of the day if your course of you know 997 is now being sold for 47 bucks i think it's it's not uh it's not necessarily something that people want to see um True. are are most of the you were saying 70% are in vietnam are most of the other ones kind of peppered around the world or is there another big region that you're seeing this occur
1: No, there really isn't any sort of centralized hub similar to Vietnam. I mean, really, other cases are dotted around the world. I mean, the piracy landscape is constantly evolving. And as I said, this reseller industry is hugely profitable. I mean, back in the day, there were only really three reseller sites. Again, a reseller site is a sort of a single website which has a a vast repository of, of pirated e learning courses, which they're selling for pennies on the dollar. I mean, now we're adding sort of six to eight. New reseller sites every week. We we have nearly two thousand mm. in our database. I mean, it's last year these guys started advertising. Um, because there's an ROI in it, and and recently we've actually seen s- s- certain individuals, it, it, believe it or not, I mean I find this incredible, but certainly individuals in the USA going on YouTube making videos of their own face, tell, saying that they're selling these courses wow. themselves, and it's it, but there's the, there's all, almost like an air of legitimacy right now because there's so many of these these websites out there, and and they look very professional, they have shop fronts etc cetera, etc, they've almost passed the point where they've forgotten what they're doing is illegal. I mean, wow. it, it obviously makes things a lot easier for us if someone's posting their own face on, on, on YouTube, but it's just interesting that it's reached that point that you know it's it's gone beyond sort of illegality, certainly in their eyes, because it's just something which they do.
0: Just, they've normalized it. Yeah. Um so I mean you were talking earlier, like one becomes two, becomes four, becomes eight, it kind of mushrooms into a, a bigger problem. Do you mm-hmm. find that if a merchant um or offer owner kind of nips it in the bud right at the beginning, does it usually come kind of slow down or is this a constant kind of battle to 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 constant like you you constantly have to be watching this um versus if you kind of nip it in the bud at the beginning it kind of starts getting better i guess or or less less common that your content gets pirated
1: it's both uh if if you do nip it in the bud earlier there is a very good chance that um, but things will slow. But as we always say, newer replacement infringements are, in, are an inevitability if your product is selling and is popular. Now, okay. it's just a lot of our clients have reached the point where they, they they just understand that this is the cost of doing business. Enforcing their IP, protecting their IP is similar to the, their email provider or hosting hosting company. It's just the nature of uh, of protecting your content on on an unregulated internet. Um, that said getting in there early, nipping into the pub can, can, in a lot of cases avoid sort of this mushrooming effect and we've had clients come to us who have been uh, hadn't had dealt with this problem for sort of years and we end up taking down 20 or 30,000 infringements within sort of the space of a couple of months just to make wow. just to regain some sort of status quo i mean those are the extreme situations where someone has a catalog of 30 products which they've never protected um, but usually our clients who have been with us a number of years understand the value of getting in there early so prior to their offer being released that they'll add their products to to the protected product list to so we can jump on stuff pretty quickly and that that does tend to help. But at the same time, new replacement infringements will, will pick up if your products are popular and are selling. It's just unfortunately the nature of things.
0: And do you find it's the same, like when you take somebody down, have you, do you have a lot of circumstances where you see it's the same pirate that's doing it over and over again, or are you pretty successful? Like once they, once they get, you know, taken down that they just stop.
1: Um, it's the, the individuals who, uh, t- often operate in sort of groups. So uh, again, it's it's a, it's quite a large, large scale organization. These, these resellers, I mean, I, I, again, we don't know everything because of course, you know, it's, it is a dark and murky world, but having tracked these guys for a number of years, it, it, the same bad actors do, do pop up, uh, again and again. Now, when it comes to. When it comes to our relationship with them, if you can even call it a relationship, that they are very aware of of who we are, and you know, we are we're strategic about it. I mean, this this may not sort of be the best approach morally, but we say to them, look, you know we won't take your whole website down but you've got to remove our clients products now again that is that, that is probably an approach which is far from ideal but at the end of the day we're only enforcing the the ip and, and copyright of our clients and that is that is our priority we would love to be the 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 white knights if you will and, and to you know to take down the whole site, but, but that is an infinitely more complex operation, uh, and infinitely more expensive. So, so we have For to sure. be tr- tr- strategic. So, mm-hmm. I mean, w- we tend to find that, you know, these guys comply, comply with us, but it doesn't mean that they, they cease all activity.
0: Okay. So usually when they, um, you know, when they, you know, copy an offer, they go away, they, they copy another offer, or do you find that they just find another way to rejig it and, and copy it, uh, again, like a month later? Are you, are you kind of, I don't know, I, I, picture you having maybe like a list of like, these are my common offenders. So I'm going to see if these are the guys that are the hit list of, uh, are they the ones kind of doing it? Is that, is that accurate? Or do you find that you're always kind of, uh, having to kind of look out of the box?
1: I mean, we 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 have a lot of plates which keep on spinning. I mean, there there are a number of ways to answer that because new sites are appearing all the time, and they tend to follow the same pattern if they're not familiar with who we are and what we do. So, what one one of the common tactics is, you know, we send sort of a, a new. Uh, a new reseller site who's never never operated in the space before doesn't really doesn't really know what they're doing. Uh, take down notice and they they remove remove the offer, remove the products, and then they quietly repost it sort of a couple of weeks later and hope 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 we don't notice. Now of course we do notice because we're very familiar with this tactic. So so we are constantly rescanning. Links which we've removed to see if they've been reposted or posted in a different form on that particular site. I mean, it, it's a huge operation So we're, we're rescanning tens of millions of links wow. every, every day. And generally, what we find is these new guys, when they realise we're doing that, th- then they stop reposting. But then, of course, a new site will come up and use employ different tactics. So, you know, it's it's it really it's it's an it's an evolving landscape, uh, and it really depends, uh, you know, what type of reseller they are, how long they've been doing it. Uh, And, you know, how how fastidious they are. I mean, there are individuals who 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 fight us and in the end they give up because, you know, we are more tenacious than them. They're they're trying to run a business. Our single focus is 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 to do this. We are happy to spend hours and hours a day fighting them. But it's for them. It's the cost of losing. Yeah. Exactly. They're losing their time for
0: their business. So, yeah, no, I mean, um, I, I, I'm assuming that a lot of them have like a signature, right? Like thieves have a signature and so forth. So you, you might, you've, you've been doing this for long enough that you can probably even recognize, um, you know, one of these outfits kind of typical signature, the way that they do things or the, the way that the site is built.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, 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 they are crafty to a degree, but I mean, they do recycle, for example, sort of payment emails, et cetera, et cetera. So, so we, we obviously have a database where we're able to cross-reference, and we're able to, to to group individuals. I mean, one individual could could be running sort of 10, 10 sites, uh, and we can see that just in terms of, um different different factors which cor- correlate the individual websites i mean what one of, of course one of the new developments is is the advance of crypto um previously i mean the, the, a lot of them were using paypal accounts and burnable paypal accounts And we had a good relationship with paypals infringement departments we could get stuff removed quite quickly but n- now they're aware of that they they've been pivoting to um to, to crypto payments etc cetera, etc cetera. and the crypto industry aren't aren't really on top of this yet even even large organizations like coinpaste Coinbase don't understand what a reseller site is. Um, so I mean, I've actually got a call scheduled uh, with with them. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, just to try and explain to them just what is going on here, because it, it's not sort of front of mind for them. Coin payments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then, of course, you've got decentralized payment gateways, which are more problematic because there's really nothing to remove because they're decentralized. And again, that 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 is something which has really only just come up in the past frankly, couple of months. And so we're, we're only at the point of developing a response to that. And that's going to be a challenge, no doubt. Um, but, you know, we faced some challenges before.
0: Yeah. I mean, crypto, uh, I didn't know we were going to get there. Crypto is is a topic that we discuss a lot on the podcast and, um, you know, as much as it facilitates and it helps uh, kind of improve commerce and so forth, as you're able to, to trade, the, you know, a lot of people are you know who use crypto don't you know i'm assuming people who are uh copying content and pirates and so forth are not using you know systems like coinbase and and so forth they're using maybe more decentralized or more anonymous uh ways of buying their crypto and and trading it and so forth so i see that obviously that's going to be a very very big challenge and uh might make things a little bit more difficult but obviously you guys have been doing this for a really long time and, and very successfully so i sure that you know you you will have the best tools for for all marketers and and content producers and so forth. So um Al I mean this was super eye opening. I didn't realize you know the 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 complexity of this issue and 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 how big it is but we do get a lot of marketers that complain about this and just people that I talk to in the space so I think that they're going to find this information very very valuable. Do you have any last thoughts or anything any other cool things you want to tell us before we, we we uh, we close off. Uh, I mean,
1: there's, there's so, so much, so much I could say. I mean, there's there's been so many, so many stories over the years. I mean, I, I suppose the the one thing I always heart back to is that it is an evolving world. And and if we had this conversation in, in sort of two or three months, we'd be talking about sort of different challenges and different different ways uh, people are being exploited, and, and things are changing all the time. So it's really a question of From our perspective, trying to stay one or two steps uh, ahead of that. Um, And yeah, that is what we do day in, day out.
0: Oh, wow, that's awesome. Well, Al again, thank you so much for your time. And we, we might have that conversation in a couple of months. You know, as crypto uh, continues evolving and becoming more popular. This it could be an interesting uh, angle to hear more about your thoughts on that. So I thank you so much for your time, for everybody listening. Uh, like I said, you can, you can listen to us on audio. And if you're on YouTube, I apologize for, for me being the only person here. Uh, but because of Al's uh, obviously role, uh, he was unable able to, to, to be on camera. I'm going to have some Links down below for everybody listening on how you can get in touch with Al and look at tick downs are. Um, and if you have any questions for me as well that I can relay to Al, I'd be happy to do that. Again, please like and share this episode and we thank you for listening. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M A R I A S P A R A G I S dot com. I'd love to hear what you're working on, so drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once.